this morning I'm going to be preaching the first of uh, two messages, a double header. Uh, not today, part two will be on the 31st of July. It's crazy, in Warner, two Sunday mornings in the same month, something is happening. <laughs> not really, it's just, you know, shuffling the calendar around. Anyways, I'm going to preach this morning and I've entitled my message, When God is Silent. When God is Silent. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that your word is alive, it's active, it is truth. And God, I pray that today you would illuminate it to us. Lord, help us to get closer to you, I pray. Help us to be changed by your word today. Lord, help us to be encouraged and equipped. Lord, for what you have left us here to do, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 I wanna start with a couple of scriptures to kick things off. First one is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Another one, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It's a good one. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. My last one, Proverbs Chapter three, verses five to six. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We're gonna jump into uh, Matthew chapter 26 in a minute. So if you wanna flip to there and get yourselves ready or scroll, if you have a virtual Bible with you this morning. Uh, but this is my thought. And I've got a couple of uh, examples from, from Scripture this morning. You know when you're, you're waiting for something or you're praying for something and uh, it just seems like heaven is silent? It just seems like almost God is ignoring you. Like there's something definitely better that's up because God is not answering what you are asking. Like you're putting some stuff down and none of it is being picked up. I uh, can share of a couple of thoughts. Simeon. Can you imagine being Simeon? Simeon, it says, was a very old man, uh, and he got to meet the Messiah, which was his promise. God had told this guy called Simeon that he would not die until he fixed his eyes on the Messiah, the child of God, the one who is gonna come and change the world as, as he knew it, as, as anyone knew it. And uh, this old, old geezer, this old guy in the temple, can you imagine every day seeing a, Family walk in, doing, you know, baby dedications and offering their children to the Lord and stuff like this. He's like, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? And it's like, and the guy's getting older and older and older. I wonder if he had have started asking questions like, did I hear right? Was I crazy? Am I really actually going to live long enough to see the Messiah? Like, I don't know about this. I mean, I would like to, but can you imagine some of the thoughts that maybe Simeon could have entertained. But I love that in the end, God came through. Simeon, I think of Sarah. Can you imagine me 90 years old and having a baby? That's old. <laughs> so, well, you know, I'm sure if you're 90, you probably still think you're young because everyone thinks they're young, whatever age they are. It's like, I'm young at heart. That 90 years old having a baby, <laughs> that's an old age having a baby. <laughs> it's like, but can you imagine waiting 90 years for a baby, 
And like, you know, you probably pass the point where you can have the babies. So, I mean, we know the story. She had a baby. It was a miracle. It was amazing. And uh, not only was she 90, Abraham was just a tiny bit older. But uh, anyways, moving on. Uh, 90 years to wait for something. That's an incredibly long time to wait for something, isn't it? You think about how long you might be waiting for something. Sarah waited nine zero, nine T years. I mean, 19 would have been bad. Nine probably is a long time to wait. I mean, some people, these, these past chairs can't wait nine minutes, nine seconds, come on. It's like, you know, the microwaves now have preset 30 seconds because that's all we've got time for. It's like, it's crazy. 90 years, it's incredible. But I love that God came through. Joseph, not me, the guy in the Bible. Can you imagine being in an Egyptian prison for two years? Not, not Australian prisons. I mean, not that you'd want to be in prison anyway. But if you had to pick a prison to be in, I'd probably pick an Australian prison. You know, so they seem all right to me. I mean, you know, we've got some standards in Australia that have to be abided by. It's, uh, it's not like the movies uh, in America, in Australia, like slightly better over here. And uh, maybe you could go do prison ministry, I don't know. Anyways, imagine being Joseph and you're in an Egyptian prison. But you think about the journey to the, the prison first, like, you know, sold by your family, your brothers, mind you, you know, should be loving on you, the boys, you know, us against the world, family, you know, all that stuff. Nah, nah, let's get rid of him, don't like this one. <laughs> it's like, nah, let's not kill him. It's like, good, <laughs> got out of that one. Nah, let's just sell him, you know, in slavery and then tell dad that, you know, he died, you know, just put, put a little bit of animal blood on the, uh, on the nice robe. What a way to ruin a good robe, unbelievable. You know, I learned something recently. Uh, when I was down on my farm time on my holidays, blood, it's just cold water. It comes out straight away. I was shocked. Zane threw a organ at me and uh, got blood on my nice hoodie. Yeah, my nice champion hoodie from my birthday. Unbelievable. I was like, Zane! He's like, what are you wearing on the farm? Anyway, cold water just washed straight out. It was amazing. Hours later, I was like, oh, this is so good. Hot water sets blood. Cold water. Anyways. Two years in an Egyptian prison Come on, can you imagine some of the thoughts that Joseph would have been entertaining? God, where are you? God, how on, what, what was that dream? Like, was it, you know, the donkey I ate the night before? I probably shouldn't have eaten dad's donkey, but, you know, should have had the lamb. Sorry, God, but two years, that's a long time in a prison when you've been told a few things by God to look forward to. That's not really something to look forward to. Troy, good to see you. Oh, that's a nice surprise. Wow. The Israelites, think about this one, 400 years, over 400 years, 330 years, in slavery, generations would have come and gone, waiting for the promised land. That's incredible. You know, I know I've been waiting for some stuff. Haven't you? I'm sure you've all been waiting for some stuff. Waiting for some answers to prayers. It's, it's inevitable. It is a part of life. It is human to desire things and to have to wait to see those things come to pass. You know, family salvation. I'm sure that every one of you could put your hand up right now and say, yep, I'm believing for salvation in my family. Yep, there are people in my family that need salvation. Healing, maybe you need healing, maybe you need breakthrough, maybe there's something going on in your, your career, your workplace, your marriage, maybe there's something going on that maybe even only you are the one that knows that you've got something going on, but we're always waiting for stuff. It's so much harder to wait when God is silent. It's so much harder to hold on when you're not hearing an answer or an encouragement 
from the one that you thought you could. It's like asking someone to do something for you and uh, they, they don't respond. <laughs> I remember my first year of marriage, Ivana would uh, ask me a question and uh, she'd state the question and then say, Joe, at the end. I was like, yes. She's like, and? I'm like, and what? Yes, I'm, I'm attentive. Say my name. So I just asked you a question. Oh, really? Sorry. I had no idea. I was, you know, just going about doing my thing. You know, whatever I was doing, I don't know. And she'd ask me a question, wouldn't hear it. You know, it's just background noise. And, you know, <laughs> I'm used to it. Come on, my friends. You know, 10 siblings and a mum and dad. My gosh, like, it's a lot of noise going on in my world all the time. It's like, it's so unusual to have this peace and quiet, you know, so I always just do stuff and, uh, and you know, then uh, marriage training kicks in and we realise for communication skills to be good, uh, you know, uh, probably say the name of the person first, Joe, yes, and then ask a question, boom, get a response. So training has gone very well. Ivana now says my name before she asks me a question. It's, uh, it, it was even worse when I was asleep. It's like pushing me and elbowing me, like near me. Joe, yes, what, 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 what? It's like, as soon as she said my name, I was like, fuck, mate, who's that? What's, what's going on? It's like, oh, you just passed me the water. <laughs> we can have a glass on each side of the bed. Oh, it's so funny. You're snoring. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Roll over onto my side. 10 minutes later, Joe, sorry. Roll over on my side again. It's like, we have a really comfortable couch, so, you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's not big enough for me, but Yvonne fits on it. <laughs> what do you do when you feel like God is silent? What do you do when it feels like God doesn't care? What do you do when you've come to God and asked him for an answer, for a word, for some help, for some encouragement, and the only response you are getting is that heaven is silent. You know, it was the time that God ignored Jesus. We're gonna read it. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 46. It's when Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. We'll read it together. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane and said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, it says he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. He returned to the disciples and found them asleep. <laughs> he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My Father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, and he found them sleeping again. They couldn't keep their eyes open, so he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Wow. What a profound moment for Jesus. 
I love this passage. It is an incredible moment in our Saviour's story. It's an incredible moment in our story. You know, here Jesus is literally about to be betrayed. And not just by someone random, not by some dude that you'd probably expect it from, uh, not by even an acquaintance, by a friend, a close friend, one of the 12, Judas. Dirty Judas. Outrageous. Here is Jesus trying to get some support from God. Just before he knows what he came to do is about to come to pass, he's going to have to suffer and many terrible things. Not only is this moment drawing ever close, but it seems like God, his Father, is withdrawing, becoming so distant. Heaven was silent. See, it wasn't just the sacrifice that was burdening Jesus. Lots of people lay their lives down for their fellow man. Lots of people lay down their lives for family, for loved one, for nations. What Jesus was about to do was to take on the entire sin of the world. The Bible says in Romans that God had been withholding judgment. It says that God on Jesus was placing all the sin that ever happened, that was happening and would ever happen. In that moment, Jesus was not just sacrificing his life. He was literally taking on all of the most disgusting evilness of all of humanity to carry it to a cross, to take it all, to exchange it all for our lives. All the evil, all the vile, all of it. It's why God had to look away. It's why God left him in that moment. Can you imagine being a, a dad wanting to just reach out and I can't, no way, he is not taking this, no way, that's my son. Like, you can't do that as a father. And Jesus was literally in this moment realising what he was about to step into and he's beseeching heaven for another way and he had to ask three times because three times God remained silent. Jesus giving up all of his divinity needed some support in this moment, some form of consolation, something to help him get through this situation and heaven was silent. You know, meanwhile, over here, we've got Peter and James and John, John, three of his besties. You know, he had the 12, but then he had his, his three best friends. And obviously, we know John was the bestie of besties. So he knows that, knew that. Yep. Took him a little bit closer. People you think you could rely on in an hour of need. Yeah, how funny is it watching someone fall asleep when they shouldn't be? <laughs> It's funny, hey, the nods, you know what I'm talking about, like the nods kick in, you're like, and you see like people fighting and they're going like this. The funniest is like not the, not the front nod, because like, you know, you're probably just nodding and agreeing, amen, yeah, amen, pastor, yeah, amen, amen, yeah. You know, you can get away with that one, but it's, it's, the, it's the head back. <laughs> so, you, you can't get away with the, the nod back in, when you're falling asleep. I mean, unless you're really willing to like step out and master, praise you, Jesus. Amen. It's like, you got to be willing. To, you, it's either all in or all out, or you just own it. Oh, late one last night, praying to the Lord. Just rest of my eyes in the presence of Jesus, you know. It's not true. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, um, in one of the weeks when we do our prayer and fasting, uh, and uh, my dad, who runs our intercessory uh, for our church, the prayer team, and uh, said, let's do an all, all night prayer. I love all night prayers. Do all night prayers with the, the young people sometimes. It'd be great to do it at the church. and be so good. And so 
24-hour prayer, let's go. And, you know, this auditorium, it's like walking up and down, pacing, praying and getting into it and just enjoying. And, and then 2 a.m., Dad gets everyone's attention and says, guys, come on over. We'll just start setting up a circle, grab a chair. And, and uh, thought it was a fantastic idea at 2 a.m. to sit down and spend an hour... It's like a test to get on the intercess regime or something. I don't know. I failed. <laughs> Sit down and close our eyes <laughs> for an hour. He called it the Jesus hour. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like gung-ho, getting in with let's go. Come on, yep. Sit down. And you know, I remember being on road trips when I was younger, and you know, you, you, you have those micro naps, but it's not a micro nap. You've been asleep for like 20 minutes. You ever fallen asleep? you know, and you wake up and it's literally like you haven't seen, it's like you close your eyes and you open your eyes, but 20 minutes has, has passed by. It used to happen to me all the time, but I refused to believe that I'd slept. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, oh, I was awake, I was listening to everything you said. You know, you were saying this, this, and this, and, and they're all giggling, and I'm like, it's not too good. Anyways, I thought that I was, you know, enjoying the presence of Jesus. <laughs> and uh, apparently, I didn't know, at, uh, I, did the, I did the back nod, <laughs> And a massive snore. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then one by one, all the young adults, all my youth leaders, are getting up and sneaking out, snickering and giggling, and going off into the foyer. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm sitting there getting all righteously angry and everything. I was like, how dare they? It's happening now with Jesus, and we're doing something real special right now. We've got to keep praying after this. And they're like one by one walking out of the auditorium, and then they tell me later, it's like we couldn't handle it. You did the massive, most massive snore, and your head knocks back, and and they were like wanted to be polite in the moment, and so they walked out to laugh. They got me. It's like, who sits down at two a.m. Pace, it's a better position. I feel for Peter now. You think about this, not only was Jesus' support network not helping, you ever felt like you're alone in a fight? You ever felt like you're the only one, no one else? It's such a tool of the enemy. It's the beginning stages of isolation. Don't entertain those thoughts. You are never alone. You are not alone. There is nothing new under the sun. It's what the enemy tries, it's a lie from the pit of hell, rebuke that lie. It is not from God. You know, maybe you're here today and you think you've let yourself down because you've grown distant from God. They say distance makes the heart grow fonder. You know, if you don't see a family member for a little while or a really good friend, do they hate you when you catch up with them? Or do they, they look forward to it all the more? They get excited. I'm pretty sure if you haven't spent some Jesus time over a couple of days, maybe a week, maybe a month. I'm pretty sure he doesn't hate you. He just looks forward to you coming back and spending time with him again. I mean, to be honest, God does not benefit out of our communion with him. We are the sole benefiters. So he wants us, he desires that intimacy, he desires that communication because of what it does for us, for what it does for you and I. But God does not hate you if you don't spend time with him. That's not the God I serve. That is not who Jesus is. It's condemnation. Romans 8, 1 says there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. It's a lie. Just get back into it. Just spend time with him. Look forward to that time with Jesus. Not only were his friends 
letting him down, but he had no one else to turn to and where he thought he could find some support, maybe not even an answer to the question, maybe just some encouragement, God was silent. It seems like even God was letting him down in the moment, doesn't it? But what Jesus was going through in this moment was, was incredible. He didn't just ask once, he didn't just ask twice, three times he asked, he was asking. And he was clearly in torment. Why did God not answer him? Why did God not say, just keep on going? You're doing what I've asked you to do. See, he was doing everything right. He'd withdrawn to a quiet place. He wasn't just asking once, but he's asking multiple times. He wasn't distracted. In fact, in the moment, he was so intense with Jesus that his blood vessels just below the surface of his skin had started to burst, appearing like, He was sweating blood in such internal agony and torment of what he was taking on for the whole of humanity. Had Jesus sinned? Was it wrong of Jesus to be questioning the will of the Father? Was he not asking the right way? Was it the wrong time? When Jesus so clearly needing the help of a loving Father, why did God remain silent? I've got three thoughts for us this morning. Number one, God sometimes wants you to press in even more. Sometimes God hides himself from you and I. Sometimes God wants us to endure the weight, maybe to get a bit desperate, to get active, to be engaged diligently, tenaciously in what you are seeking after. You know, no one really likes waiting. Hands up if you like waiting. Yeah, no one, exactly. It would have been a lie if you put your hand up. It's like, no one likes waiting. It's like, if you can have it now, why wouldn't you? It's like, you know, you get something, it's like, oh no, better wait for that one. It's like, no, if, you, if you're getting offered something, you take it. It's like, it's silly to wait for something that's right there. No one really likes waiting. The only time you like waiting is when you're enjoying something. Have you ever noticed that? It's like, when you're waiting for something, time, oh man, it could not tick slower. You feel me? It's like, it's just like, man, when will this end? But when you're enjoying something and you are loving it, you don't want that. It, like time flies too, by way too quickly. It's crazy. It's like 30 minutes in traffic, yuck. 30 minutes in traffic listening to a good book. It's like, come on, let's go. It's like 30 minutes waiting for something to defrost. Nah, let's just put it in the microwave. 100% power, don't use that defrosting. We'll just shave off the edges that it cooks <laughs> and uh, enjoy the rest. Kathy is dying right now. She's like, that's disgusting, Pastor Joe. 30 minute episodes, like, gosh, man, I was just getting into this. It's just getting started. It's like, they need to make these episodes longer. It's 30 minute Pastor Joe preach. No way he's getting the band up. This is incredible. This is the truth. Sometimes God hides himself from us or hides the answer from us because it's not the right time. The right thing at the wrong time becomes the wrong thing. Maybe he's growing us. Can I encourage you this morning that until he calls you home, he is not finished forming and fashioning and doing the good work that he has begun in your life. Number two, sometimes it may not be that God is silent. It may in fact just be that you are not listening. Could it be that your thoughts are being clouded? Doubt, or maybe indecisiveness. You know, when uh, you get presented options or opportunities or things come up in your life, doesn't mean you have to take them. Sometimes it does. The Bible says that God lights up the lamp with the lamp, the, the, the pathway for his children. It's like a light unto our path. To me, that, 
sort of denotes clarity, confidence, where to put your foot. Modern language, we might be able to translate it, the answer is obvious. It's so obvious, it's right in front of me. Like, if I don't step into this, I'll lose my favour, Parker Westfield. Like, thank you, Jesus. Take it, claim it. It's no one else's. You got there first. Drive in, park, get out, go and do your shopping. Maybe you've created a desert chapter in your journey, in your life. Can I encourage you today to come back to God? Prioritise time with God. Keep coming to church. Keep loving one another. Keep doing what you've been called to do. Keep reading the word of God. Keep worshipping. Keep spending time with the brethren. Keep doing good. Keep being who God has called you to be. You can't hear an answer if you're not listening. That's not what's happening for Jesus in this moment. Number three, maybe it's that the answer is already being given. Is God really ignoring Jesus? See, if it's a no, then it's no. But if it's not a no, then it's yes. By not answering Jesus, God was actually answering Jesus. You see, Jesus' question was, is there another way? Father, is there another way? If there is another way, if there is another way, is there another way, Father? Well, there was no other way. God answered Jesus by not answering him in that moment. There was no other way. God had already told Jesus what to do. He had already told him this is the purpose of your life, to come back to reconcile man back to us to, so that we can have the relationship that I desire with our creation, with our beings, with our humans, with the ones we love. There is no other way. If you're asking God for an answer and the answer is already being given, maybe God is not answering you because he already has. Maybe it's because the answer is so obvious. You just gotta step in and keep doing what God has already asked you to do. God asked him to take the sins of the world. He sent Jesus for that purpose, to make it possible for reconciliation to take place. Jesus had to endure this moment. It was a part of his story. It's part of our story. See, God allowed him to be bruised and to be crushed so that fresh oil might flow to all believers from him. You know, the very name of the garden literally translates from its original Aramaic meaning, an oil press. The olive mill, Gethsemane, a wine press, an oil press. Jesus was being crushed in that moment so that oil could flow, not just for him, but for you and I. He had to go through what he was going through. There was no other way. By remaining silent, God answered him with the loudest answer he possibly could. You know you've heard from God, but you're already doubting it. Don't doubt God, obey. You, know, you can put a fleece out if you want to, but once your prayers have been answered, I wanna encourage you to step into obedience and do what God is asking you to do. Church, you and I have been called by God. If you've been saved, there's a calling on your life. There is a purpose to your existence. You don't have to ask God for what's going on or what's to come. You know how the story ends. You know what you're meant to be doing while you're here on this time and earth. So do what God has asked you to do and live it out as crazy as you possibly can. 
If God is silent, maybe it's because he's already told you what you need to do. God is not a bad God. If you are not doing what he wants you to do, you'll know. He will tell you. God does not hate us. He will intervene if we are starting to do something wrong. He is a good God. He is a good Father. Some revelation to fight back the lies and keep fighting the good fight. God is not being slow in fulfilling his promise to you. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, we read at the start. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't put weight on your own understanding. Seek God, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. See, Jesus' examples to us in this moment that despite whether we hear clearly from God or not in the moment, we are required to be obedient to the word of God and to do what it says. God is not stuck in the situation that you seem stuck in. No, God is very in control. God desires to be with us more than we desire him. He desires communication. He desires relationship, that intimacy. In his purest form, God is love. He created us, came back for us, and he still wants us. He still wants you, church. If God is silent, it's not because he does not want you to know your answer. It's not because he doesn't want to talk to you or you somehow annoyed him or brought the relationship to a place where he's frustrated and fed up with you. No, you are his bride. You mean everything to him. He went to the cross for you, church. He loves you. Let me encourage you today with what God placed in my heart to deliver today. If God is silent, you can be rest assured that he is in fact very much at work. He is getting prepared and doing what he needs to do to come through for you. You will see good. God will bless you. You will prosper. And not just for this time, but for eternity. For the time that really matters. Come on church, God really loves you. Can I get the band please? It's not easy when you are believing for something, when you are praying for something, and you are hearing nothing. It is not easy enduring the silence of heaven. It is not easy going through the difficult times in our life. It is not easy, but it is possible and it's easier with Jesus. It is easier to do what you have been called to do when you are walking hand in hand with Jesus. Even if you feel like you are in a desert moment in your journey. I've had desert seasons in my relationship with God where I I still see him working around me, but I just don't feel like he's there with me. Can I encourage you? You might be one day away. You might be one month away. You might be a year away. It doesn't really matter. But when you get there and you drink of the water of that well, the oasis that's there in God, you'll drink that refreshingness and it's gonna help you. Jesus went through this moment because we needed him to. Maybe God is allowing you to go through a moment because there is better for you to come. You can't understand that sometimes. I can't understand it sometimes. But God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than 
our thoughts. He knows the future. He knows what's coming around the corner. He knows the end of the story. And can I encourage you that we might not know from point A to point B, but we know what happens after point B. We know how our story ends. So I wanna encourage you this morning that if you are going through a moment of silence, if you are experiencing the desert season in your relationship with God, hold on. Hold on, because to get through this part here, look at this part to come. For the joy awaiting Him is what Jesus was able to get through by. And for you and I, you and I will live forever. We have an eternal life to look forward to. We are able to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's where your help comes from. That's what will get you through. Even if this is hard, this is what you and I have to look forward to life with Jesus and life forevermore. The Bible says that God holds us in the palms of His hands. That's close. You and I, we can't fall farther than the palms of His hands. He is there, He's everywhere. God has a plan. God does love us. There is purpose. You will make it through. God has not forgotten you. God has not forsaken you. It's not who He is. Amen. You might think that God has forgotten you, but He hasn't. I can tell you today that He is building something in you. He is setting you up. You might think that God is not listening to you because of some sin or some moment of rejection, but He is listening. I can tell you today that He's heard you and He answered you. He's working on you. What God starts, He finishes. It's who He is. What God says will not return to Him void. For your story to not turn around in a way that glorifies God, mocks God. And the Bible says that God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. Your story will not mock God. Who you are, what you are going through is not going to mock God because the Word of God says so. God will not be mocked. And so I wanna encourage you to hold on, to lean in, to press in, to wait, or to simply do what He's already asked you to do. Sometimes in the doing, the answer comes. Sometimes in the waiting, the answer comes. Sometimes it's just more leaning into the listening and your answer will be there. God does love you. He does want the best for you. And I can tell you with confidence that the best is still to come. 